وسع ربي كل شيء علما أفلا تتذكرون الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So first of all I would like to Welcome all of you to this program. I believe this is the second part and I believe that many of you have already attended the first part that Sheikh Abdurrahman delivered to you. And in this second part, inshallah ta'ala, after Sheikh talked you through the issue of, or the issues of fiqh related to the month of Ramadan, I wanted to take it from something, you know, a different angle, something a little bit different inshallah. And that is to reflect upon some of the lessons and the virtues of Ramadan, some of the lessons from the madrasa of Ramadan. Because in reality, Ramadan is a madrasa. It's a school. It's a training program. And in that school, there are modules and courses and lessons that you need to take and attend. And when you graduate from those modules and courses and lessons that are the training program from the school of Ramadan, you graduate from this school as a different person to the person that you were when you entered it. These collection of thoughts, and it's not by any means a comprehensive discussion, but this collection of thoughts about the lessons or some of the lessons from the madrasa of Ramadan, that is what I want to share with you this evening, inshallah ta'ala. And of course, I would like to extend my thanks and gratitude to Jamiyat Darul Birr, to all of the organizations, the volunteers, and everyone who was involved in organizing the program today. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place it heavy upon the scale of their good deeds. Yawm al-Qiyamah. And insha'Allah ta'ala, we're going to begin with our first lesson from the school of Ramadan. And that is, what is the purpose of our fasting? What's the reason for which Allah legislated this month? We know the rulings of it. We know when to start fasting. We know when to stop fasting. We know the things which break our fast and the things which may reduce from it. We know who is exempt from fasting and how to make it up. But why? What's it all for? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He told us in the famous ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبَلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O you who believe, and bear in mind whenever Allah calls out to you with this description, this title, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah is instructing you and calling out to you to tell you something you have to do or something you have to keep away from. So you should listen. When Allah calls out to you, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O people of Iman, Kutiba alaykum الصيام Fasting is prescribed, it's obligatory for you. 
just like it was obligatory for the people who came before you, because fasting is not something new to the religion of Islam. But the way that we fast and the rulings that we fast, they are different from Al-Umam As-Sabiqah, the nations that came before. But the concept of fasting is something that was present in the previous nations. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And لَعَلَّ This word لَعَلَّكُمْ When we say it, we say it in hope or fear, right? So for example, I might say لَعَلَّكَ بِخَيْرٍ I hope you are well. Or I might say لَعَلَّكَ مَرِيضٍ It seems like I'm worried. It seems like you are sick. So when I speak and I say لَعَلَّ it either means I'm hoping something or I'm, I'm fearful of something. But when Allah says la'alla, from what is famous in the books of tafsir is that the word la'alla here, it means min ajli or li ajli, for the sake of, yani for the reason of. In other words, the purpose. La'allakum tattaqun. So that you may become people who have a taqwa. The whole purpose of Ramadan, the reason we fast and we stand and pray at night and all of the lessons in Ramadan that we learn, they all come back to a taqwa. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So what is this taqwa that it comes back to? So in the Arabic language, the word at-taqwa, it is to put a barrier between something you are scared of between you and something you're scared of. So for example, if you were in the kitchen and you dropped a glass on the floor and it smashed and you put your shoes on so that the glass doesn't pierce your feet, we call this taqwa. Not in the religion. Because the religion doesn't deal with matters of breaking glass in the kitchen. But in the language, we would call it taqwa. Shielding yourself. Putting a barrier for yourself. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So what in Islam do we want to shield ourselves from? What are we scared of? What is it that we are worried about might happen to us that we need a shield? To protect ourselves from that particular thing. It is the punishment of Allah. And Allah's anger. And Allah's curse. And the hellfire. This is what we want to protect ourselves or shield ourselves from. But my dear brothers and sisters, when you break glass in the kitchen, you know you can put your shoes on, you'll be okay inshallah. But what are you supposed to shield yourself from Jahannam? How do you shield yourself from a fire that is 70 times hotter than the fire of this world? How do you shield yourself from that? Ali ibn Abi Talib, he defined or he explained to you what it means or how you shield yourself from Allah's punishment. He said, Al-Khawfu min al-Jaleel Wal-Amalu bit-Tanzeel Wal-Qana'atu bil-Qaleel 
وَلِسْتِعْدَادُ لِيَوْمِ الرَّحِيلِ He said it's four things that you shield yourself from Allah's punishment with. The first one is being scared of Allah. Being scared of Al-Jaleel. Being scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why it is said, مَا عُبِدَ اللَّهُ بِمِثْلِ الْخَوْفِ Allah was never worshipped with anything better than fear. Because the fear of Allah Azza wa Jal prevents you from doing a lot of things that are wrong. And it gives you a motivation and a drive to head towards and journey towards the Jannah that Allah has promised for the muttaqeen and to drive yourself away from the hellfire and what causes the people to enter into it. وَالْعَمَلُوا بِالْتَنْزِيلِ And that you act upon the revelation. It's not enough to know the revelation. Many of us, we know the rulings. And I'm amazed when I speak to children, young children, sometimes young teenagers even, who have gone a little bit away from the path, a little bit distant from what Islam tells them to do, and they're doing some haram. And I ask them about the rulings of Islam. Some of them, they will give you such a nice breakdown. Yani they will tell you the fiqh of Ramadan. When does it start? When does it stop? Who was Ramadan obligatory for? And how many? And they'll break everything down for you. Their problem is not a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of amal. It's a lack of doing things. It's a lack of practicing. To be from the muttaqeen, you have to act upon the revelation. And that's why when Allah Azza wa Jal warned us against two groups of people in the Quran in Surah Al-Fatiha, He warned us, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ He warned us against from being the people who Allah's anger is upon. Why is Allah's anger upon them? Because they didn't act upon what they knew. They knew it was haram and they did it. They knew that He was the Prophet wasallam, but they didn't believe in Him. So their knowledge was what gave the anger of Allah upon them because they knew it, but they didn't practice it. And as for Abdalun, they are the people who don't know the difference between right and wrong. They never learned their religion, so they don't know they can't act upon anything in the first place. How can you act upon something if you don't know it? bil and sufficing yourself with little, being happy, being content with having a little bit. And this is from the durus of Ramadan that maybe the majority of people, Wallahu alam, they don't realize or pay attention to this dars. Al qana'atu bil qalil. Sufficing themselves with just having a little. Ramadan is a time where you leave off eating and drinking, intimacy and what breaks the fast, you leave, you leave it in the daytime in Ramadan. When you leave this, it gives you a nearness to Allah. Why does it give you a nearness to Allah? Because you are leaving your shahawat and leaving your desires brings you near to Allah by default. That's why fasting brings you near to Allah. Because it is tarku shahawat. You're leaving your desires. And leaving your desires means that you feel nearer to Allah. Because you're learning how to control your nafs. And you're learning how to leave the haram. 
by leaving some of the things that Allah made halal for you. That should make you content with having little. It should make you satisfied with just a little bit. But what do we do? We overcompensate for it in the evening. So when iftar comes, we eat and we eat and we eat in seven stomachs. Just like the disbelievers do. The disbelievers eat in seven stomachs. Sometimes we have our iftar, we fill all seven of them. And then many of the people, the haram that they left in the daytime, they do it in the, in the nighttime. In the haram they left in the day, they do it in the night. They exchange the daytime for the nighttime. So they don't ever feel satisfied with the little that they have. And preparing for the day of departure. The day when you will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and answer for what you've done. If a person can bring these things, fear of Allah and acting upon Allah's revelation and being satisfied with little and preparing for yawm al-qiyamah, then the person has brought a taqwa according to Ali ibn Abi Talib and from the definitions of taqwa is a definition of Talq ibn Habib rahimahullah ta'ala he said al-amalu bi ta'atillah ala nurin min Allah raja'a thawabillah wa tarku ma'asillah ala nurin min Allah makhafata adabillah he said that you act in obedience to Allah upon a light of guidance from Allah, hoping for Allah's reward. And you leave disobeying Allah upon a light of guidance from Allah, fearing Allah's punishment. So can we summarize and say that a taqwa is to act in obedience to Allah and to leave disobedience to Allah. And to do so with the correct intention, al-ikhlas, and a nur from Allah. What's the nur? The nur is al-ilm, al-ilm al-nafi', beneficial knowledge. Al-ikhlas wal-mutaba'ah, sincerity and following the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Doing good deeds and keeping away from haram with sincerity and following the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that is the summary of Talq ibn Habib for the word at taqwa. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the reason that we fast. How many times I ask people, what's the reason we fast? Because we want to remember the poor people. Okay. Yeah, any possibly. I mean, that's not, it's not, uh, it's not like something which is terrible, you said. But it's not what Allah said. It's not what Allah said for you. And you might remember the poor and be generous. Alhamdulillah, this is a lesson from the lessons of Ramadan. You might become grateful. That's a lesson from the lessons of Ramadan. But the whole reason that you fast Ramadan is to become more obedient to Allah and less disobedient to Allah to have sincerity, to follow the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is what we are here for. And this is a darsul awwal. Our first lesson. And the reason it's our first lesson is 
the whole of Ramadan is going to be based on it. We're going to look at ourselves before we start and say, where am I today? Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat ligad. All you who believe, have taqwa of Allah. Let everybody look at what you put forward for tomorrow. So every single one of us, before we start Ramadan, we're going to look at ourselves and say, where am I today? What is my state? What are my good deeds and what are my sins? And prepare and get ready to become more obedient to Allah and to leave disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and evaluate ourselves on this. That means we're constantly looking at ourselves and saying, today, awwalu laylatin min shahri Ramadan. For example, the first night of Ramadan, did I become more obedient to Allah? How? Okay, I did qiyam. I didn't used to do that qiyam before. Alhamdulillah. What about after the qiyam? I went home and I started to read the Quran. I read more than I used to read before. Alhamdulillah. I'm becoming more obedient. Okay, what did you leave? What haram did you leave? Wallah, I really was careful about my tongue. Stop saying things. I made an intention to leave this haram that I was doing. So alhamdulillah, and you are becoming more obedient to Allah and you are becoming less disobedient to Allah. Was it for Allah? Was it for the people? Inshallah, it was for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did I do it the way the Prophet ﷺ did it? Bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Okay, now, next day. What will you might, what might you see? You might see that as the days go by, you were getting more and more obedient to Allah. And then suddenly, something happened. And that obedience went away. And the haram came back in. And the good deeds started to stop. And you didn't know where's the masjid anymore. And the fasting just became robotic. And so on and so forth. Okay, no problem, stop. Why did this happen? Because this is not the purpose of Ramadan. So what changed me? What happened to me? That I lost my purpose. I lost my way. I have to clean my heart. I have to come back to Allah. I have to make tawbah and istighfar. And again, I have to start again, building my good deeds, getting rid of the haram. I like that. And in this dars, there are two very dangerous things you have to be careful of that you don't fall into them. One of them is just exchanging the night for the day. And what I mean by that is all the haram you used to do in the day, you just delay it until the night time. You just change your clock. You go for like Eastern Standard Time or something. Just reverse your, just take your clock back. All the haram I used to do at 9 o'clock in the morning, now I do it 9 o'clock at night. And that's not going to benefit you in the sight of Allah. And it's not the reason why Ramadan was legislated and there's no benefit in that in the sight of Allah. You have to make these changes, this taqwa in the day and the night, not just in the daytime. The second mahdur, the second really big problem is not making permanent changes. Ramadan comes, Allahumma barik, this person is very good. Lakin he's waiting for Yawm al-Eid. When Eid day comes, you're going to see, I'm going to bring all of it back and worse again. There's no benefit in this. 
make an intention. This is a madrasa. What's the point of graduating and going back to being jahil? You went to school, you learnt. So now you need to keep your lessons in your mind even after you graduate from school. So some people, the problem is even now, today, al-yawm, that person is planning to go back to how they were. They just want to get Ramadan over. Come on, keep going. 30, 29, 27, 24, 21. I'm getting there until I can do the haram that I wanted to do before. That's the wrong idea. It's a permanent change of taqwa. A permanent change of taqwa, inshaAllah ta'ala. And taqwa, and perhaps we can make this the last lesson from the first lesson, in the last point from the first lesson, is that as we said, taqwa requires two things, al-ikhlasu wal-mutaba'ah, sincerity for Allah, and it requires al-mutaba'ah, following the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this requires knowledge. So alhamdulillah, Allah blessed you and Allah blessed me today. From the grace of Allah is that Allah brought us together to learn before we act. فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ Know that there is no God that deserves to be worshipped except Allah and then seek forgiveness for your sins. So knowledge comes before action. And this is الدرس الأول The first lesson or الوقفة الأولى The first point that we stop upon and that is the purpose of Ramadan. Our second, the opportunities that Ramadan offers us. Abu Hurairah radiallahu an narrated from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said, أَتَاكُمْ رَمَضَانْ شَهْرٌ مُبَارَكٌ فَرَضَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ عَلَيْكُمْ صِيَامَهُ تُفْتَحُ فِيهِ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَتُغْلَقُ فِيهِ أَبْوَابُ الْجَحِيمِ وَتُغَلُّ فِيهِ مَرَدَةُ الشَّيَاطِينِ لِلَّهِ فِيهِ لَيْلَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ مَنْ حُرِمَ خَيْرَهَا فَقَدْ حُرِمَ The Prophet ﷺ said, Ramadan has come to you and it is a blessed month. And in this there's a yani small side benefit that al-asah, the more correct greeting for Ramadan, is to say Ramadan Mubarak. Because this is lafzun Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's what the Prophet said. Even though we say, there is no harm if a person says Ramadan Kareem. And even if we found some of the scholars, they criticized it. This criticism, it seems to me, is, is flawed. First of all, because the word Kareem comes with two meanings in Arabic. It comes with the one who is generous and it comes with the thing that yani, nobility has been put into it. So Allah described his Arsh as Kareem. So there is no harm in describing Ramadan as Kareem. And the Asl, the basic principle in greetings is that they are not Tawqifiyah. They are not required to follow the exact word that the Prophet ﷺ used. But Al-Asah, the most correct and the one that is in line with the Sunnah is that Ramadan is Shahrul Mubarak. 
It's a month in which blessings have been placed. And what is blessing? Al-Barakah, it is Nuzul al-Khair al-Ilahi. It is for divine goodness to come into something. You get more out of it than you could ever have imagined. So when you imagine, for example, if we talk about money and barakah in money, if you imagine that, for example, you have a hundred dirhams in your pocket, hundred dirhams, you have an expectation from that money, right? Like usually I could buy like some food and I could put some fuel in the car and I have an expectation. Yani, what can I do with hundred dirhams? I mean, for sure I can't buy a house. I can't buy a car. What about if that hundred dirhams, it just kept going and going and going as if it was not going to stop. And you just got so much more than you expected. This is what we mean by barakah. Allah put divine goodness so that you got so much more than you thought you could ever get. And Allah has put this divine goodness in the month of Ramadan. Everything in Ramadan is Mubarak. The food, the dua, the salah, the yani, reading of the Quran, the ibadat, the mu'amalat, everything in Ramadan is Mubarak. Shahrul Mubarak. It's a time that's blessed. Allah made it obligatory for you to fast. In it, the doors of the heaven are opened. And in another wording, the Prophet in another wording, he said, the doors of paradise are open and not a single door is closed. The doors of paradise, you know the doors of paradise, right? Eight doors of paradise. Each one of them is associated with a major action from the good deeds of Islam. And one of them, it is said, is jami' and it gathers all of, of the good and everything good. These doors of paradise, every single one of them is open in Ramadan. That means that the opportunities for good, the fursa or the furas, the opportunities of good are so many. There are so many different opportunities and chances to do good. If you look at fasting, it's there. If you look at qiyam and prayer, it's there. If you look at reading the Quran, it's there. Dua is there. If you look at sadaqah, it's there. Being good to other people, it's there. Keeping ties with your relatives, it's there. Every kind of khair is open in Ramadan. And no type of khair is closed off in Ramadan. Every single good is open in Ramadan. Not a single door is closed. That means when you are tre treading on the path of the believer in Ramadan, that path is taking you to Jannah. All of Jannah is open. And the doors of the fire are closed. In a wording, وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ فَلَمْ يُفْتَحْ مِنْهَا بَابِ غُلِّقَ also the word, it's like they are slammed shut. And even the word itself is emphatic. 
They're slammed shut, closed, locked, sealed. Not a single door is open. That means all the things that would lead you to Jahannam, the roots are closed off in the month of Ramadan. Does that mean people don't sin? People sin. We all sin. All of the children of Adam frequently make mistakes. And the best of those who frequently make mistakes are those who frequently repent. So we do sin. But the things that lead you to Jahannam, the doors are closed, the path is hard, it's made hard for you. And not a single door is open. And this obstinate shayateen are chained up. In a wording, sufidat ash-shayateen. They are shackled. وَمَرَدَتُ jinn And the obstinate jinn. Does that mean there is no shaitan in Ramadan? I think if you go out in the nighttime in Ramadan, you see shayateen kathir. Yani kathira. You see many shayateen. Lakin the shaitan is shackled. That means he's chained up, he's tied up. Chains are on his arms and legs. Like a prisoner. Back in the day, I don't know, these days they don't do it too much, but back in the day the prisoner, and you put the iron chains on his arms and legs and he can only just walk a tiny little bit. That's what happened to shaitan. All his power just got took away from him. And some of the ulama, they highlighted here, marada, yani the worst of them, yani maybe some of the shayateen, sigar, the baby shaitan, yani they might be free. But the marada, the ones who are stubborn and obstinate, the worst of them, they are chained up. Or we say all of them are chained up, but they are chained up in a way, yani they are not, it's not that they cannot do anything, but they cannot do what they used to do any other time. And then in the second wording we read, وَيُنَادِي مُنَادٍ كُلَّ لَيْلَ Every single night, a caller cries out, يَا بَاغِيَ الْخَيْرِ أَقْبِلْ وَيَا بَاغِيَ الشَّرِّ أَقْسِرْ O doer of good, come forward. And O doer of evil, desist. The first thing I want you to learn from this dars, after what we said, the fursa, the opportunity of Ramadan, the first or the next lesson from this dars is every night. That means that our actions in Ramadan are every day, every night, not just the last 10 days, not just Laylatul Qadr. Every single night of Ramadan, every day. Too many people, first day is switched on. Then we switch off the Device until the last 10 nights of Ramadan, then we start up again. Every single night. The doors of Jannah are open every night. Why do you want to go to Jannah except in the last 10 nights? The doors of Jahannam are shut every night. The goodness of Ramadan is there every night, every day. And the people are divided into two. Because all of us are two people. Baghi al-khair wa baghi al-shar. The one who wants good and the one who wants to do something bad. So the one who wants to do something good, the goodness is there for you now. Now is your time. Now is your time. 
Don't wait for tomorrow. Now, ya baghi al khairi aqbil. Now come forward. You want to do good? Now is your time to step up and do good. And if you wanted to do something bad, sometimes we have that. Your soul always tells you to do wrong. When you want to do something bad, now is the time to stop it. Desist. Now is the time to stop. Don't say I'm going to stop next year or the year after. Now is the time for you to stop. So this is the perfect time. And the reason I brought this is the fursa here. Allah has set up the month of Ramadan for you to be the easiest month to do good and the hardest month to do bad. If you have bad habits and bad things you're doing and all of us do, me and all of you, now is the time to stop. Ramadan is the time to stop. If you have good you want to do, what are you waiting for? The easiest month to do good. Ya baghi al khayri aqbil. ويا باغي الشر أقصر ولله عتقاء من النار وذلك كل ليلة وكل ليلة. Allah has people that He frees from the hellfire every single night. عجيب. Reminds you the statement of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كلكم me every single one of you. Every one of you will enter Jannah. Except the one who doesn't want to go. And all of you are going to enter Jannah unless you don't want to go. They said, who doesn't want to go to Jannah, O Messenger of Allah? Whoever obeys me, will go to Jannah. And whoever doesn't obey me, they don't want to go. And that's the reality of Ramadan. Why would you not want to be from the people who Allah wrote? This person, Abdullah, is never going to go to Jahannam. Written for you. A promise from Allah that tonight, from this night, you are not going to go to Jahannam. Allah freed you from it. Why would you not want that? Why are you waiting for the 27th opportunity? Like that person who waits for the plane. You ever saw that? When the plane is leaving the gate, first call doesn't go, second call doesn't go, third call doesn't go, last call, final call doesn't go until they call his name out and say, so-and-so, if you don't come to the gate right now, you're not getting on the flight. And some people behave like that about Jannah. You can do it for the plane, I don't mind. You can don't do it for Jannah. Allah gave you the first night, you can be from the people Allah freed from the fire. No, no, I'm waiting for the 27th call. Allahu Musta'an. Every night Allah writes some people's name, this person will not be from the people of Jahannam. So be from the people whose name can be written every night. Fihi laylatun. In this month, there is a night better than a thousand months. Whoever is prohibited from the good of that night has been truly prohibited. It's been truly prohibited. How do you get the good of that night? You get it by seeking all of the 10 days. 
And I was chatting with a brother earlier on. I'm talking about Laylatul Qadr. You get it in by looking for all of the 10 nights, not by turning up on the 27th night. You get it by looking in every single one, the even and the odd, all of the 10 nights like the Prophet ﷺ used to do. And if you stood all of the 10 nights, then you stood Laylatul Qadr. Why? Because you know that it's going to happen in those 10 nights. And you don't know which night it is. And you don't know about the dates and you don't know even and odd because in reality, even from the beginning of the month and end of the month is different. And odd from the beginning of the month and the end of the month is different. And some of the hadith count even from the end and some count from the beginning. So the even can be odd and the odd can be even. And what you think is 27 could be 26 and what you think is 28 could be 27. So don't even try to calculate. Just turn up all of the 10 nights and you've done what Allah requires from you. Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, كَيْفَ لَا يُبَشَّرُ الْمُؤْمِنِ بِفَتْحِ أَبْوَابِ الْجِنَانِ كَيْفَ لَا يُبَشِّرُ الْمُذْنِبِ بِغَلْقِ أَبْوَابِ النِّيرَانِ كَيْفَ لَا يُبَشِّرُ الْعَاقِلِ بِوَقْتٍ يُغَلُّ فِيهِ الشَّيْطَانِ مِنْ أَيْنَ يُشْبِهُ هَذَا الزَّمَانَ زَمَانِ very beautiful what he said. He said, how can a believer not take glad tidings that the doors of Jannah are open? And how can a sinner not take glad tidings that the doors of the fire are shut? And how can an intelligent person not take glad tidings that this is a time when shaitan is chained? Is there any time that resembles this? There's no other time in the month and the year. There is no other time in the year that resembles this. Then Mu'alla bin al-Fadl, he said, كَانُوا يَدْعُونَ اللَّهَ سِتَّةَ أَشْهُرٌ أَنْ يُبَلِّغَهُمْ رَمَضَانٌ ثُمَّ يَدْعُونَهُ سِتَّةَ أَشْهُرٌ أَنْ يَتَقَبَّلَهُ مِنْهُمْ He said they used to make dua to Allah for six months that Allah makes them reach Ramadan. And then they would make dua for six months that Allah accepts it from them. This is a golden opportunity. An opportunity which the Sahaba used to spend six months asking Allah, Allah give me this chance, Allah give me this chance for six months. And then six months saying, Allah accept what I did, Allah accept what I did. And then again six months, oh Allah give me another chance. It is a golden opportunity that you have in this month of virtue. And that is الدرس الثاني, our second lesson. من مدرسة شهر رمضان, from the, from the school of Ramadan. الدرس الثالث, our third lesson that we're going to take from the month of Ramadan. الجمع بين الصيام والقيام. That Ramadan gathers two things. Fasting and standing in prayer. And these two things go together and they're not separated from each other. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, مَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانَ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan with Iman. And ihtisab, what does ihtisab mean? He's hoping for the reward from Allah. Yeah, I'm not fasting for nothing. 
I hope Allah will reward me for my fast. And I believe in Allah. Azza wa Jal and what Allah revealed. All of his previous sins will be forgiven. Who wouldn't want that? All of the previous sins to be forgiven. But there is another hadith, and this is what I wanted here. Man qama Ramadana imanan wa ihtisaba, Whoever prays, yani the night prayer of Ramadan, not the 27th night. The hadith didn't say man qama laylat al-sabi' wal Man qama Ramadan, the person who stands the month of Ramadan, imanan wa ihtisaba, with iman and hoping for the reward from Allah, ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhambi. His previous sins will be forgiven. What does that mean? It means that Qiyam and Siyam are Ukhtani sisters. They go together. Al Qiyam was Siyam. Fasting and standing in prayer. And that's why, if you ask, what is the daytime for? The daytime is for fasting. Tayyib, is that it? We just concentrate on the day. What is the nighttime for? The nighttime is for standing in prayer so we join between these two good deeds because they are the backbone of ramadan if someone asks you what is ramadan you just give me the summary executive summary what is ramadan it is siyam and nahar wa qiyam al-layl it is for you to fast in the day and stand at prayer in the night and when you bring these two together you brought all of the good of ramadan comes from these two things. But here, I'm going to mention a couple of tanbihat or points to be aware of about this. Number one, Qiyamul Layl, Taraweeh, Tahajjud, whatever you want to call it, the standing in prayer at night in Ramadan is mustahab. It is highly recommended. But Salatul Fajr is fard, obligatory. So Salatul Fajr has a higher status than Qiyamul Layl, even in Ramadan. So be careful for those people who might miss their prayers, for example, in the day. Salatul Dhuhr says, yeah, I get busy at work. I don't pray, but I pray my Taraweeh. That's the wrong way around. Your five daily prayers are more important than your qiyam at night in Ramadan. I'm not taking away from the qiyam. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm just saying to you, don't forget about as-salawat al-maktubah, the five daily prayers which are more important than qiyam al-layl. So some people, they might be negligent with their five prayers and very diligent when it comes to Qiyam, he starts with the Imam, he finishes with the Imam, but Fajr, la yura, we don't see him anywhere. Dhuhr is working, Asr, late, Maghrib, after the food. But Isha until 
Yeah, then he's, he's careful. Be careful about all of your prayers. Hafidhu ala salawat. Wassalatil wusta. Waqumu lillahi qanitin. Be careful. I guard your five obligatory prayers. And then beautify that month with the extra prayers, which is your qiyam, your voluntary qiyam at the night. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Afdalus salati ba'd al-maktubah, salatul layl aw kama qal. The best prayer after the obligatory prayer is the prayer you pray at night. And Ramadan, you have a very special offer from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَنْ قَامَ مَعَ إِمَامِهِ حَتَّى يَنْصَرِفْ كُتِبَ لَهُ قِيَامُ لَيْلَةِ He said, whoever stands up with the imam until the imam finishes, he will be written that he prayed the whole night. So don't say that I've got work, I can't pray, taraweeh, it's hard. If you start with the imam and you finish with the imam, the angel will write, you prayed all night. Qayb Jamil. This leads us to a question. Does that mean that we shouldn't pray at night any more than that? Well, it's controversial. I think Sheikh Abdul Rahman finished this issue with you, huh? Already. So I don't need to be controversial in it. Like in Jayid, if the point is not that you don't pray after that. The point is not for you that you don't pray anything else. But it's easy for you that you know that if you started with your imam and you finished with your imam, it will be written for you that you prayed the whole night. And then whatever extra prayers you do after that, nurun ala nur, it's light upon light. It's extra benefit for you. But at least make sure you start with the imam and you finish with the imam. And what we see sadly from a lot of people Wallahul Musta'an is a habit of going late and coming early. And he coming home early. So we see, for example, very few people in the masjid with takbiratul ihram of Salatul Isha. Khalil. Very few. Compared to the people who come. The masjid is very busy. But compared to the people who come, only a small number of them started Isha with the Imam. When the Imam said, why? Because, oh, this is your eating time now. You're going to have to cut short your samosas and your uh, this and that different foods and desserts and extra cups of tea and go to the masjid early so that you can get the takbiratul ihram with the Imam. And you stay there until the Imam finishes. When the Imam finishes, Alhamdulillah, here is not that long. Any, if you, there are some masajid are long, but generally the Qiyam here is quite short. Just finish with the Imam. Then after that, Salli Mashid. Pray whatever you want after that. But you began with the Imam, you finished with your Imam. And it's written for you that you prayed the whole night. Tayyib, I want to reverse it now and talk about the Siyam. Siyam is obviously not just giving up food and drink. It's not just food and drink. It also means giving up the muharramat, the haram. Don't be a person who gives it up in the day, but then does it in the night. The benefit of siyam should be 24 hours. The siyam itself is from Tulu' al-Fajr al-Sadiq until Ghurub al-Shams. And it's from the, the true Fajr until the sun sets. But the, the mentality of Siyam 
keeping away from the haram and guarding your tongue and all of that, that should be present with you all day and night, 24 hours. And the prayers should also be present with you all the time. Yani you're doing your fajr, your dhuhr, your sunnah prayer, rawatib, your asr, your maghrib, your isha, and your qiyam and taraweeh, and whatever Allah writes for you to pray from qiyam al layl. And then your witr and so on. And then again, every single night, and this is a dars, a thalith, which is joining between fasting and prayer. الدرس الرابع The fourth درس or الوقفة الرابعة من مدرسة رمضان from the school of Ramadan is preventing yourself from المحرمات and from arguing with other people. Preventing yourself from المحرمات and from getting into arguments and hot-tempered debates with people. Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said man lam yada' qawl az-zur wal 'amala bih fa laysa lillahi hajatun fi an yada' ta'amahu wa sharabahu the hadith narrated by al-Bukhari whoever doesn't leave false witness and acting upon it Allah has no need for them to leave their food and drink so i wanted you to understand from this dars that fasting Ramadan is not just about leaving your food and drink. Any many people leave their food. The hadith tells us there are some people, the only thing that they get from the daytime in Ramadan is hunger. Illa al the person just got hungry. And he, not got, he didn't get anything from the nighttime in Ramadan, illa sahar, except he stayed awake. Some people, the only thing they take from the daytime is hunger. And the only thing they took from the nighttime is they didn't sleep. But the believer, they understand that fasting is more than food and drink. Fasting is about leaving lying and false speech and cheating other people and backbiting and slander, speaking without knowledge. Ramadan is very good at keeping away from the sins of the and the sins of the desires and yani zina and what is related to it. In Ramadan, generally speaking, and it makes it easy for you. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Until he said, He said, O group of young men. Whoever of you is financially able, let him get married. But he said, whoever's not able, let him fast. Fasting is very, very good at controlling those desires. But there is a desire you have to be careful of with fasting, that if you're not careful, it can ruin your fast. And that is al-lisan, the tongue. There are many sins of the tongue that are very, very easy to fall into, even in Ramadan. Speaking about Allah without knowledge, lying, false witness, backbiting, slander, and many, many of the sins of the tongue. And the sins of the tongue, what makes them particularly bad is that these sins are very easy to fall into and they don't feel weighty when you do them.
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But how many of you ever killed somebody? Probably I'm guessing nobody in the room has ever killed anybody. Killing someone is hard to do. Danny, it is hard. It's not easy to kill a person. Lekin, it's very easy to backbite a person. That's why if I asked how many of you killed someone, maybe nobody puts their hand up. And if I asked how many of you backbited someone today, maybe most of the room would put their hand up. Because backbiting is very easy. Doesn't feel like killing someone. Doesn't feel like hard. But would you like to eat the flesh of your dead brother? You would hate it. So be careful of the sins of the tongue. And Abu Huraira narrated from the Prophet Hadith narrated by Ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Hibban, Al-Hakim. Hadith on Sahih, inshaAllah ta'ala. Fasting is not about leaving food and drink. Fasting is about leaving Allahu warrafath. Yani Allahu, all kinds of wasteful speech, including music, including any messing around, making fun, taking your religion as a joke. All of these things come under Allahu. All kinds of wasteful and foolish speech. And Ar-Rafath, it comes under two meanings. Ar-Rafath comes meaning intimacy. And it comes meaning bad language. Yani Ar-Rafath, bad language and you know swearing at people and getting angry with people. This comes also, the word Ar-Rafath is used for this. فَلَا رَفَثَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ So Ramadan is not about leaving food and drink. Ramadan is about leaving foolish, wasteful speech and bad language and, and bad words that you say to people. How many people think about that aspect as well? And Abu Hurairah narrated that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Fasting is a shield. So don't use bad words, bad speech. And don't behave ignorantly. And if someone comes to argue with you or fight with you, or they curse you or insult you, what do you do? Say, inni sa'im, inni sa'im. I'm fasting, I'm fasting. What does this word mean, I'm fasting, I'm fasting? Two things. Number one, fasting is not just food and drink because there's nothing to stop you fighting with that guy who fights with you. Fasting is about controlling your nafs. I am now fasting. Yani I'm controlling my nafs. I'm not eating when eating is halal. I'm not drinking even though drinking is halal. I'm not engaged in other things that break the fast. I am trying to control my nafs. So me fighting with you is going to go against the principle of controlling the nafs. 
I'm holding myself back. يعني الصائم في اللغة الصوم الإمساك, right? We said fasting in the language means holding back from something. Like in the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal with regard to Maryam, إني نذرت للرحمن صوما فلن أكلم اليوم إنسيا. I swore to the most merciful I will fast so I'm not going to speak to any human being today. So fasting means holding back. So when you say to someone, inni sa'im, it doesn't mean, brother, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not eating, so I don't have the strength to punch you right now. Inni sa'im, it means I am holding myself back. I'm holding my nafs back. Kadhim al I'm holding back my anger. I'm controlling myself. I'm learning self-control. So you're insulting me, you're shouting at me, you pull your car in front of me on the road and you try to cut me off. Inni sa'im, inni sa'im. I'm holding myself back. We all see the road rage at iftar time, yeah? Just before iftar. Everybody driving like that. Trying to cut everybody else off and, you know, beeping the horn and shouting at the person. Inni sa'im. I'm learning to control my nafs. Hold myself back from this thing. Don't get involved. And the hadith concludes, The end of the hadith, it says that the smell of the breath of the fasting person is more beautiful to Allah than the smell of musk. This person left their food and their drink and desires for me and for Allah. Fasting is for me and fasting is for Allah. And I reward whatever I wish. And a hasana comes with 10 the likes of it. Any except fasting. Any every good deed, you get 10 good deeds come with it up to 700 times except fasting. Like is mentioned in the other hadith, illa sawm, except fasting. For it is for me and I reward whatever I want. Unlimited rewards for fasting in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal. Jabir, ni Abdullah radiallahu عنهما, he said, إِذَا صُمْتَ فَلْيَصُمْ سَمْعُكَ وَبَصَرُكَ If you fast, let your ears and eyes fast. وَلِسَانُكَ عَنِ الْكَذِبِ وَالْمَحَارِمِ And let your tongue fast from lying. Let your eyes and ears and tongue fast from the haram. وَدَعْعَنْكَ أَذَا الْجَارِ And keep away from harming your neighbor. وَلْيَكُنْ عَلَيْكَ وَقَارٌ وَسَكِينَةٌ And be a person who is in a state of tranquility and dignity. Behaving dignified. Tranquil. وَلَا يَكُنْ يَوْمَ صَوْمِكَ وَيَوْمَ فِطْرِكَ سَوَىٰ Don't be somebody who makes their fasting day and their non-fasting day the same. Well, this is the dars, lessons in this. Let your ears fast from the haram. Let your eyes fast from the haram. 
Let your tongue fast from the haram and from lying. Don't harm your neighbor. And your neighbor is many people, not just the guy who lives next to you. Your neighbor is also the person sitting next to you at the table now is your neighbor. The person you go to work with is your neighbor. The person on the road, when you drive in together, that's also your neighbor. Wasahib bil jamb, yani the person who is next door to you. Don't harm them. Be a person of sakina and waqar. If someone's just peaceful and tranquil all day, don't get angry. We see some people in Ramadan, they just get touchy, you know, they get angry and upset with them, with everybody. They just bite everybody's head off. Don't get angry, don't get upset. Have sakina, just be peaceful with everybody. Have waqar, someone with dignity. Behave in a dignified way. You're fasting. Don't ever let your fasting day be the same as your non-fasting day. Wallahi, this is dars. It should be written down as a dars from Jabir radiallahu an. وَلَا يَكُنْ يَوْمَ صَوْمِكَ وَيَوْمَ فِطْرِكَ سَوَىٰ Don't ever let your fasting day be the same as the day that you don't fast. الدرس الخامس والأخير the last lesson that we're going to take min madrasati Ramadan and it's not the last lesson but it's just the last one we have time for al-jud wa musa'adatul akhirin being generous and helping other people ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma he said kana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama ajwada an-nas bil khair the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the most generous of people in goodness. وَكَانَ أَجْوَدَ مَا يَكُونُ فِي شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ حِينَ يَنْسَلِخَ فَيَأْتِيهِ جِبْرِيلِ فَيُعْرِضُ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنِ And the most generous that he ever was was in the month of Ramadan. When Jibreel would come to him and he would present the Qur'an to him and he would revise the Qur'an with him. فَإِذَا لَقِيَهُ جِبْرِيلِ كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ أَجْوَدَ بِالْخَيْرِ مِنَ الْرِيحِ الْمُرْسَلَةِ And when Jibreel would meet him, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would be more generous than the wind which brings the rain and brings life to the earth. And the wind, it's like the example of generosity, right? The wind blows and then the rain comes and the, the seeds grow and all the vegetation and the everything and the people. And it's like the relief came. The Prophet ﷺ was more generous than the wind that brings the rain. Sallallahu alayhi wa He's most generous in Ramadan. And we should be generous all the time. But in Ramadan, our generosity should be more than normal. Don't make your fasting day like the other day. Al-Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala, he commented on this. He said, أُحِبُّ لِلرَّجُلِ الزِّيَادَةَ بِالْجُودِ فِي رَمَضَانِ I love for someone to be extra generous in Ramadan. Iqtida'an bi Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Following the lesson, the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
There's another reason you should be generous in Ramadan, as Shafi'i mentions. Because people need things in Ramadan. People are in need. People need iftar. They need feeding. People need looking after and taking care of. And maybe many of them are so busy with fasting and prayer that they don't able to work at the same level. They're not able to work at the same level that they were able to work outside of Ramadan. Wallahi alayt. I wish we could be people who were too busy with fasting and prayer to do our work. Like in often maybe people too busy with eating and staying up late to do our work. But they, this is how a Shafi'i met the people. And the people become so busy with fasting and prayer, maybe he's not able to do the same number of hours at work because he's fasting and praying and getting the iftar. And maybe he doesn't have enough money in that month. Look after people in this month. And it's not just money. It's not just money. You can help people with many, in many, many different ways. Just being the person who puts the water out for the people or being the person who helps to clean up after the iftar or the person who facilitates someone to come to the masjid, maybe give him a lift, pick him up, take him in the car to go to the masjid. The person who, and he gives, shares some of your iftar with the people. And you have an iftar, share it with the people. Some of the sahaba, Abdullah bin Umar, Radiallahu anhuma is narrated from him. He never ever took iftar alone. Never took iftar by himself. He'll call his son and say, Go and find me some miskeen people, poor people, so they can share the iftar with me. And these were people, the narrations say, they might have been that his family told them to go away and he from the door. And they came to the door and they said, Look, you know, go, go, leave, go find someone else. And he would go out and look for them and say, come and have iftar with me. You can share your iftar. Stop you eating that seven stomach seven times. You can share the iftar with seven people and all eat in one stomach instead. And you'll enjoy the qiyam even more because of it. For a person, people are in need of help in Ramadan. And not just in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan as well. People are in need of help, no doubt. But in Ramadan, you find a lot of times people need helping out. So be someone who helps other people. Iqtida'an bi Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Following the example of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا You have in the Messenger of Allah the best example. For those people who believe in Allah in the last day and remember Allah a lot. I just want to mention one last thing before we stop our lessons. And this is just a word of advice before Ramadan. Or we can make it even a lesson about Ramadan, no problem. We can make it Dars al-Sadis, no problem. And that is the connection of Ramadan to Al-Afu. Forgiveness and pardoning. You know the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, the famous hadith. She said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, what do you think? 
if I reach Laylat al-Qadr, ما أقول what shall I say? قال قولي اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عني Oh Allah, you are al-afu, the one who loves to pardon and you love pardoning, so pardon me. This is Laylatul Qadr. The most likely night that your dua will be accepted. What do you ask for? Of all the things you could ask for, fid dunya wal akhirah, the one thing that Aisha is taught, you must ask again and again, is for Allah to pardon you, erase your sins and forgive you. This is a lesson, Allah. And it's a lesson before Ramadan, which means that before you start now, before Ramadan, clean your heart. Clean your heart. I was sitting with Sheikh Abdul Rahman yesterday, we were talking about something, statement of Ibn Qayyim. And others who said, if you want to put like honey in a vessel, you want to put honey in a container, you clean the container first. Because if you don't clean the container, either the honey will go bad or either it will taste, it won't taste like honey. This is the example of your heart and Ramadan. Ramadan is honey. But it's not going to taste like Ramadan if the heart is not clean and ready for it. And there is another point to this lesson that I want to share with you in the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, Tuhibbul Afu. You love pardoning. The Prophet didn't say to Aisha, say, oh Allah, you love to pardon me. He kept it general. You love pardoning. Meaning, you love to pardon the people and you love the people to pardon each other. And Allah loves for him to forgive us and he loves us to forgive each other. Forgive and overlook. Don't you want Allah to forgive you? So Ramadan is also a time of forgiving other people. Time of forgiving your relatives. There might have been something between you or forgiving your friends that there might have been some distance with you. Forgiving people who might have done zulm to you. If you want Allah to forgive you in Ramadan, start by forgiving other people as well. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afu fa'afu anni. You love me to pardon other people and you love to pardon the people who forgive other people. That brought us to six. I was going to do five, but it turned out to be six. Lessons from the madrasa, which is Ramadan. To be honest, we could have brought 60. Yani six, we could have brought 60 because Ramadan is a school and it's a training program. Just remember, don't make the day of fasting like other days and graduate from this school as a different person to the person that you were when you entered it. That is what Allah made easy for me to mention and Allah knows best. وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين